0: Okay, we are reading in Luke, chapter 12. Let's pick it up again, where we left off last time. Let's start reading in Luke, chapter 12, verse 20. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now, who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. So last time we discussed this man, this parable that that Jesus gave, and Jesus referred to this man as a fool. What did the man do that Jesus had referred to him as a fool? Read up in verse 19 of Luke chapter 12. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. So what made this man a fool was not building bigger barns. What made him a fool is that when he was accumulating for himself, and he says, I don't have to do anything else, I have all that I need, and now let me just eat, drink, and be merry, and God called him a fool. And then in verse 21 he says, So is the man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Jesus calls the man a fool. Anyone a fool. The strongest words that he could use... Jesus uses for a man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. God God is calling us to be rich toward him rather than merely just for ourselves. It is not about us anymore. You're grown up, it is about other people, other things, where Jesus gave of himself for us. Jesus calls us to something greater. Now reading in verse 22 of Luke chapter 12. And he said to his disciples, For this reason I say to you, Do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, yet your God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life span? If then you cannot even do a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you? you men of little faith. And do not not seek what you will eat or what you will drink. And do not keep worrying, for all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek. But your Father knows that you need these things. But seek first His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. So, he, He was first speaking to the masses, and then He turned to His disciples, and and uh, he started speaking to them, because in verse 22, he says, And he said to his disciples, so remember, there's a large gathering of people that is said in the beginning of the chapter, there's so many that they're stepping on one another. Somebody had shouted out something, and Jesus commented on that, but then he turns again and just is addressing his small group. Now he's addressing his disciples. And he tells them, don't worry about two things, what you're going to eat, nor for your body as to what you're going to put on. The guarantee that we have in Scriptures is that God will provide for His children, for those that know Him, food and clothing. He doesn't guarantee you a home. When, I first, when we first uh, uh, were getting our first house, I was leaving a postdoc, and, and uh, I had saved up money from working. As, as, actually, when I was young, when I was a teenager, I had saved up money for a down, down payment on a home, and saved it all those years through school, and uh, um, had money left for for putting down on a home. And I remember we put a deposit on our first house, and then it fell through because there was something with this this, this uh, something on the inspection that was found. And I had this little hissy fit just between me and my wife. And I said, you know, why can't I just even get this house? But you know, God never promises us a house. He never does. He promises us food and clothing. Jesus said that. The birds of the air have nests, the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. So He doesn't guarantee us a home. If we get a home, that's great, that's extra blessing. But He guarantees us food and clothing. Then He says in verse 24, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, yet yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? Look at the analogy here. He's talking about ravens. He's not. He didn't say... Consider the koala bears. Ravens are not lovable. If you've ever seen ravens, they're, they're, they're selfish and they're not lovable at all. Uh, I was in Israel once and in, in Jerusalem and this one Arab shop owner, he took about 10 or 20 pounds of rancid meat and he walked across the, the street by a wall and he just dumped it on the ground and I thought, how crude that was. And then these ravens descended on that meat and started eating it. And nobody would dare go near there, else it, it was as if the ravens would eat you alive. This is the analogy. He says, if I even feel, feed ravens, how much more would I do for you? And then he says, don't worry about these things. And then he goes on down in verse 31, he says, but you seek, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. We are to seek the kingdom of God, and God will care for us. When we make our interests His interests, that's when we, we are rich toward God. As he, he said further up, he said in verse 21, So is the man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. In verse 31, But seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. You know, I was reading this past week in a passage and, uh, uh, and I thought that this perfectly fits with what we're dealing with today. So if you turn to Haggai, the, the minor prophet Haggai, if you go, for example, to Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, and flip back a few pages through a few books, a couple of books, the third one back or so is Haggai, you'll find Haggai, and we're going to start reading this in chapter 1. And so just to give you the context of what's happening the Jews had committed grave sin. They had uh, worshipped idols, and there was a lot of sin. There was blood flowing in the streets with King Manasseh, and he destined them to seventy years of captivity. So they were taken by King, King Babylon into in, in, by, by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. They were taken into Babylon, and they spent. Uh, and then Babylon was overrun by the Persians eventually, and so between. Their time in Babylon and their time in Persia, they spent 70 years outside the land. There were a few poor that remained in the land, but the vast majority from Jerusalem were taken. And then they come back after 70 years of captivity. So very few of them alive from seeing the the, the temple in its former glory. They must have only been children. They went away for 70 years. Now they come back as old people. Just a few of them possibly left from the group that had had originally uh, left Israel. And now they're back in the land, and they're rebuilding their homes, and they're approached by the prophet Haggai. So, reading from verse 1, in the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. So what I want you to see here is that they marked time, not as we do the year 2013, for example, they marked time by What year of the reign of the king? And they're referring to the king of Persia, King Darius, because they had come out of the land of Persia. They had not established a king in Jerusalem, so they're marking this back to the king of Persia. In the second year of his reign, on the first day of the sixth month. So remember that. This is the first day of the sixth month. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. Now reading in verse 2 of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 2. This is what the Lord Almighty said. These people say, The time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? Now this is what... The Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says, Give give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountain and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it And be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? declares the Lord Almighty. Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new hind, the olive oil and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. Then Zurebabel, the son of Shealtiel, Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Now, We should mark this down. This is one of the very few occasions in Scripture where a prophet comes and reproves the people, and the people immediately say, You're right. We repent. We are sorry. We fear God. Generally, what they say to the prophets is, Oh, oh, come on. Come, come now. Or they abuse the prophet. They kill the prophet. But to receive so readily. But remember, they had come back from 70 years of captivity... And the last thing they wanted to do was mess around with this God again. And so, he, he says to them, you know, your fruitfulness, your fruitfulness is gone. I've, I've, I've just dried up uh, 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 the springs, I've dried up the, 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 the plants around you, I've dried up the, the, the crops, I've dried up cattle, I've even dried up people. He says, all of this. And he says, it's, it's not that the people were being lazy, because he says to them, uh, uh, you're busy with your own houses, but what about my house? So that's why he called it this drought on the land. This is what what was happening. He says you are busy with your own houses, so it's not that they're they're being lazy. He says that uh, uh, in verse four, is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? And so he says, you bring home money and you put it into a purse with holes in it. He says that, uh, um, uh, in, verse, in verse 9, he says, because of my house which remains in ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. So again, it's not a sin of laziness, if we could call laziness a sin. Some people do. But um, it, is, it is that they were occupied with their own homes and not... God's house, not the things of God. And he says, because of that I've withheld the dew. Because of that I've withheld the crops. And so the people hear this, and it says they believed Haggai the prophet, and it says in verse 12 and in verse 12, and the people feared the Lord. Verse 13. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So as soon as the people feared the Lord, The whole tenor of the prophet's message changed and God delivers the word, I am with you. I am with you. So as soon as you start fearing God, he turns around and he says, I am with you. I am with you. When we stop fighting the Lord and resisting his ways, he says, I am with you. I am with you. Okay, so, so remember, this is on the first day of the sixth month. So verse 14. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and they began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the twenty-fourth day of the sixth month. Okay, so now, three weeks later, so the message came on the first of the month, now it's the 24th day of the sixth month, so three weeks later, they probably you know, got their building parties together and got their groups together and who was going to do what, and they began to work on the house of the Lord. Now let's continue reading. In the second year of King Darius, chapter 2 of Haggai, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. So now we're the 24th day of the second month. So they've been working on this house, for on the Lord's house, for about a month. Alright, so the first thing that came to them was the word of encouragement. Now they've been working for a month. Now what's going to happen? Verse 2. So speak to Zerubbabel, son of Sheol, governor of Judah, to Joshua, the son of Josedak, the high priest, and the remnant of the people. Ask them, who is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does not not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Again, what we see is another word of encouragement. They've been working now for a month on this house and God comes and he speaks to them a word of encouragement. He says, "Be strong. I'm with you. I made a covenant with you and it remains. My spirit remains among you. Do not fear." Again, God speaks a word of encouragement to them. But they've been working for a month before they get this this next word of encouragement. So what happens is sometimes people get saved and they're like, "Oh, wow. You know, I I read the Bible for 2 days and Not much happened. Oh, this must be a bunch of nonsense. No, they continued the work for a month before the next word of encouragement came. Sometimes you commit to reading your Bible every day and you do it three or four days and you say, this isn't doing any good. Give it time. You will see. It will come. The encouragement of the Lord will come. Don't give up on it. Verse 6 of Haggai chapter 2. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. So again, he's speaking words of encouragement. He hasn't filled the house with silver and gold. But he says he will. He gives them promises. He gives them encouragement. He gives them his spirit. And he starts to encourage them again. Now remember, they've been working on this house for a month. Read from verse 10 of Haggai chapter 2. On the 24th day of the ninth month. Okay, so where are we now? Remember they started working on this in the 6th month. 20-something of the 6th month, and we're in the ninth month. So they've been working now on the house for 3 months. For 3 months they've been working on the house. Blessings haven't started to come other than words of encouragement. Now verse 10, On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet. This is what the Lord Almighty says. And then he goes through and he starts to speak to them a parable. And then so we're going to just jump on down uh, to, to uh, uh, the upshot of all this. Verse 15. Now give careful thought to this from this day on. Verse 15. He says, Now, we're in the ninth month, the twenty-something of the ninth month. From this day on, there's going to be a change. For three months, they've been working. For three months and three weeks, they've, since they, they feared God and made the decision to start working on it, Three months since they were working on it. And God says, Mark this day. This day, there's now going to be a change. Now you're going to start seeing the blessings flow. Verse 15, now give careful thought to this from this day. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of twenty measures, there were only ten. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw fifty measures... There were only twenty. I struck all the works of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail. Yet you did not return me. Return to me, declares the Lord. From this day on, from this twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, give careful thought to this day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. So he's recounting to them. He says, you know, before you started working on this house, think of how it was. I mean, you worked so hard. But there was blight. There was mildew. There was hail. Everything that, the, that they seemed to do, the Lord seemed to blow it away. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt that you're working and just nothing is progressing? But he says, now, now there's going to be a change. In verse 19, Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. So now comes the blessing. They were working on this house for three months and then they saw the blessing flow. You start reading the scriptures. You start committing to something. You start being concerned about the Lord's house and His business. If you can't sacrifice... Two hours a week to serve the Lord. And I'm not talking about coming to church on Sunday. That's something you're supposed to do, and that's for yourself. I'm talking about in service a few hours a week. Working in one of the campus groups, or working among the children's ministry, or being about busy on a Sunday about one of the ministries. Giving a few hours each week. that goes beyond yourself. We have things like upward basketball programs. We have, we have uh, uh, reading over at Yellowstone Academy to kids. And helping them with their homework in the third ward of Houston. There are things that you can do to start being concerned not about yourself and your own home and paneling your own home even nicer and getting set up for your own career and your own job. And I understand that students think that they're the busiest people in the world. Here we have Helsey, who is sitting here and, and who's sitting here, and and uh, she can tell you she has no time on her hands. She just graduated. She she started teaching. Helsey, how much time do you have on your hands? None. There's no time. So to think that, oh, when you get done with school, then you'll have plenty of time to work on these things. That's not so. That's just not so. Go ahead. You, you, you'll get out of school. you go to law school. You're going to have a lot of extra time in, in, in law school. And then, tell me, how much time do, do young lawyers have in law firms? How much time do young physicians have? Do you think you have all sorts of extra time in med school? Or how about during your residency? Or how about during your fellowship? Or, when you start in your first practice, you think you've got all, all sorts of time on your hands? You're not going to have time on your hands until you retire. And then you're going to be too weak to do anything with it. You give your time now. Moses was faithful in all of God's household. That meant he cared about what he was doing, where he was. <clears throat> he didn't say, oh well, you know, here we are in the wilderness for four years when I get out of this wilderness, then I'll, I'll, I'll really start serving the Lord. But let, let him get me out of here first. No. He served the Lord all through the wilderness. From this day on, he says, I will bless you in verse 19. Verse 20. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tells Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn... O- Overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overturn chariots and their drivers, horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord. And I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is the promise from God. He will make you like a signet ring. On His hand, though the earth is being shaken, though all around you is being shaken, as it talks about uh, in Psalm 1, that you would be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and whenever you do, you will prosper. The Scriptures talk about how everything else might be drying up. You give your heart to the Lord. You wake up and grow up and start spending time before the Lord in the morning. Spend 30 minutes in the morning. If you wake up at 6, wake up at 5.30. If you normally wake up at 7, wake up at 6.30. If you normally wake up at 8, wake up at 7.30. And spend some time with the Lord. And then be about His service. Be about His service. Or else, it harkens back to us being called like Jesus had said. He said that uh, uh, He called us he, he, he said of the man who only cares about things that are going on in his own life, he called him a fool. He said, uh, he said of the man who, who said that, I think, uh, I think I'll just kick back right now and just deal with my own life. God said to him in verse 20 of Luke chapter 12, but God said to him, you fool, you fool. And in verse 21, so is the man who stores up treasure, stores up treasure for himself And is not rich toward God. Let's pray. Abba. Father. I pray that you take this message. And just drill it right into the hearts of these young people. Take those who hear this message. And Father cause them to be about your business. And your work. The things that concern you. Father, I pray your blessing to be upon it, to impact the lives. Oh Lord, do a great work in the name of Jesus. Amen.